well, marketing has always been in my DNA. So it, it's kind of how I'm wired and how I see the world. Um, but marketing is nothing more than finding a need and fulfilling it for a profit. That's, that is literally my definition of marketing. Um, but now the movement has been personal marketing. So even if you work for a large company, you still have to carve out your own identity. You have to stand for something. And that's where personal branding comes in. And so I think every, every uh, one of your listeners, um, regardless of their working circumstance, even if they're retired is not a brand, by the way, it's just a circumstance, you have to decide how you want to be known. And so you have to end up doing your own marketing. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Kathy, Kathy McAfee. She's known as America's marketing motivator. As an executive coach, mentor, author, and creator of the Fearless Leader Program, Kathy helps businesses and communities grow and prosper by advancing more women and people of color into leadership and positions of influence. She is a global difference maker at heart, and her goal is to change the world for the better, one person at a time. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you, Marissa. Great to be here. Nice to see you. Oh. Thank you. I love having motivators on the show. This is great. So tell me how you became the marketing motivator and an executive coach. Yeah, the marketing motivator. It was a it was one of my best client stories because I think we can learn so much about our personal brand from what other people say about us. And so literally I had just hung my shingle for starting my own business in quote consulting, marketing consulting, my first client hired me. And then over lunch, I asked her, you know, what value did you get from our experience together? What value did I create for you? And she called me her butt kicking consultant that I made her do things that she's been thinking about doing for years, but not doing. Hence her business wasn't growing. And so butt kicking consultant was the origin. And I slept on that knowing that my mother would hate it. If I put that on a business card, it just sounded so profane, butt kicking. I love to say that phrase, butt kicking, butt kicking. But anyway, I woke up the next morning and out popped marketing motivator and it stuck. And then I gave myself a promotion to America's marketing motivator, having discovered there was a Canadian marketing motivator before me. But I believe there is there's a, enough room for many marketing motivators. So I invite you all to come on in. The water is fine. I love it. I love it. So marketing is something that I really despise and, and I just don't know anything about it. I've tried to market, you know, Neil helps me quite a bit um, and I've hired marketing coaches, but what is it that, that you think is really, really important when it comes to marketing, whether it's yourself or a small business? Well, marketing has always been in my DNA. So it, it's kind of how I'm wired and how I see the world. Um, but marketing is nothing more than finding a need and fulfilling it for a profit. That's, that is literally my definition of marketing. Um, but now the movement has been personal marketing. So even if you work for a large company, you still have to carve out your own identity. You have to stand for something. 
And that's where personal branding comes in. And so I think every, every uh, one of your listeners, um, regardless of their working circumstance, even if they're retired is not a brand, by the way, it's just a circumstance, you have to decide how you want to be known. And so you have to end up doing your own marketing. And some of the yicky feelings you're talking about, you know, no one socially and societally, we're not supposed to, you know, talk about ourselves, brag about ourselves, promote ourselves, especially if you're women, that's not, not ladylike, right? That's the, that's the old uh, programming, but if we don't do it, who will? And so podcasting, what you guys are doing and having wonderful interviews, this is a really cool way, content creation of marketing yourself and building community and sharing your thought leadership. So it doesn't have to be a yucky feeling. It is for the better good, but ultimately you and I and Neil and all your listeners have to take charge of your own personal marketing. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting what you said about uh, podcasting because I've met the most incredible women on this show, women that I never would have, met otherwise, you know, and it really does expand your network and your possibilities. And I've done collaborations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I guess I never really thought of it as a marketing tool when I first started, right? I I understand that's what it is now. Um, But uh, so so tell me a little bit about you focus on women and people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, What made you choose that? uh, Besides the fact that, you know, like myself, I love championing other women and helping them rise. Uh, what made you specifically focus on that? I think I kind of came into a finer honed mission uh, when George Floyd was murdered and the world was going to hell in the handbasket from my perspective, uh, but there was still good in the world. Right. And I realized that people of color, um, black women in particular, really get the short end of the stick. They're paid the least. They have the highest wage gap um, and they get a double jeopardy. They're, they both face sexism and they say, face racism. And so um, I started to get the courage to really just claim who I wanted to work with. I've always attracted a lot of women in my business, although I have absolutely loved training men, coaching men. Um, I absolutely do believe we need men to advance women. Women need men to open doors Um, but I just decided that this is where I wanted to put my energy. And if I could start to help diversify the leadership pipelines, the pool of future leaders, because right now there's not many women in there. We don't see women, a lot of women running big organizations. We see a lot of women managers and that's a great breakthrough. Um, but there can be women bring so much to leadership and to business Um, that we need to advocate for them. We need to mentor them. And that's what I love also about your platform, Marissa, is women mentoring women and women being mentors. I'm all about that as well. Well, I spent 30 years in corporate IT. I'm still in it and always have mentored. I have have mentored both men and women. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, being a woman in IT, it's, there's, it's very few and far between to find mentors um, for myself, what, what industries, um, do you focus on specifically where you think that the demographic for women is much, much lower compared to other industries? I, you know, interestingly, I'm open to any industry. So my fearless leader program brings together a diverse group of people in a cohort learning experience. And it literally, the 
last three years I've been, I started it. I've, I'm on my 11th cohort now. Uh, I have almost every age from 17 to 68, every level of experience and every industry from aerospace and de um, defense to, um, to medical uh, science, um, to uh, finance. I have a lot of accounting people that take the program uh, to manufacturing. And as a marketer, it's one thing I've always loved. I love variety. I love learning new things. Um, so understanding how businesses and industries works, that really, uh, really floats my boat. So I, I think it's great to bring different people together. So we're not so tunnel visioned. I think if, right. you, if you have a challenge or a roadblock, it's because you, you've only, you're only thinking one way. So suddenly you meet someone over here who's having the same issue, but in a different industry. And they can kind of open that up for you. In fact, I'll tell you one of the things I'm really excited about this upcoming cohort is I'm awarding a scholarship, a native scholarship to a female native leader. And we're about ready to select a finalist and, and announce that at the end of August. Uh, I've had one other native leader in my uh, fearless leader program and the enrichment uh, and learning about communities and cultures that I don't regularly get to experience. Um, so I think anybody from any industry can, can learn something um, and can bring something to the table in terms of that shared knowledge, shared experience, shared humanity, really. Yeah, that's great. You know, in my industry doing IT consulting, I've worked with a lot of different industries and you and doing this podcast, it's the same thing. You meet so many different women and people and businesses and industries. And I just love learning. And I think that's really, mm -hmm. you know, I think being a leader, uh, learning, you have to constantly be learning about new things and new people and new cultures. And that's what keeps you, you know, on top of your game and, and getting more well-rounded in your leadership skills, uh, in your leadership uh, approach as well. So one thing I think I, I want to bring up tonight is one, what, what I've discovered both from, uh, from studies and research is, and my experience is that men are better at seeking mentors and sponsors. It's just kind of the male leadership model. It's happened for eons, but women are not used to it. And so we kind of avoid it. I think there's for women, there's a, I have to prove myself and I can do it myself because I don't want to show you my weaknesses. And so I see a lot of women not having mentors, including myself including myself. Wow. You don't and have I a mentor. I have, yeah. I have mentors. I just didn't, I thought of them as networking contacts or old bosses, um, partners, people I admired, but I never actually attached the term mentor or sponsor. And, and so rediscovering that and then realizing how I can tap into that for me. I don't have all the answers. I need help too. Um, and one of my, my actually my co-author of my new book, Fearless Female Leaders, that's coming out early 2024, she's recommending that women seek and secure six, one, two, three, four, five, six mentors. Never just rely on one. You need like a, almost like a little advisory board. And these are relationships you need to tap in regularly, not once and then ditch them. And now I'm in the other end of mentoring where I'm being the mentor, mentoring others. And I'm, I'm really surprised how I don't hear from them, how I have to chase them down. How are you doing? And I think being more proactive uh, from the mentee in managing the relationship and staying in touch with a mentor 
A, makes the mentor feel much better. Yes. <laughs> and B, you're tapping into this resource that's going to help you. So mentor and be mentored on a regular basis. Great advice. You know, mentor, men, mentoring is for life. The mentoring relationship, regardless of what role you're in, I always say that's for life. Uh, my The people I've mentored still reach out to me, you know, years later. And I think it's really important to, you know, there's so many people willing to help you. And the mentor, you know, mentorship can be men or women. It doesn't have to be, Absolutely. you know, uh, it doesn't have to be even someone that, you know, is aligned with what you do for a living. It could just be someone that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of. Exactly. It doesn't have to be in your industry. They can be retired. Probably best not to have your direct manager as your mentor, at least not while you're in that relation, you know, reporting relationship. Um, but I've got a, men a boss that I had uh, back when I was working in the contact lens industry. She made such an influence on me and, and opened up opportunities for me, including sending me to Europe for three years. So thank you, Yolanda Canny. Um, and now, you know, we drift apart and then I just reconnected with her. She's running her own podcast. She runs a program called Girl Take the Lead. She might make a great guest for you. And, um, and she's just so important in my life. So now I have more reason and motivation to tap her brain. <laughs> she's brilliant and wise. She's wise. She has intuition. And that, that is a resource that I have access to. So it's, That's great. it's, it's for a lifetime. You, you nailed it with that one. I love it. Well, well uh, we are running out of time, but I want to talk about one topic because you are celebrating something major today. You and I talked about a little bit before the show. So um, why don't you talk about the what yeah. you're celebrating today? Yeah, today is the 12th anniversary of my cancer survivorship. And uh, it also happens to be my mother's birthday. So it's easy to remember August 23rd in 2011, I was bald and frail and sitting in the, the chemotherapy chair for my final infusion. Now I was wearing an evening gown. I had, I think at that time I had a wig and one of those little, whatever they call those little fluffy uh, thingy bobbers. And I had six people with me and we were having a party. We were celebrating, which is how I navigated my, uh, my cancer journey by having what we called chemotherapy parties. Um, and it, I did take a picture, which I just posted online of my fifth month when I was completely bald. And I recommend anyone who's going through cancer, any particularly any woman or man, lose your hair, lose your eyelashes. Uh, it is a moment to capture. It's not ugly. It's not shameful. It actually is profoundly beautiful and strong. So I hired a, a photographer to, to photograph me in black and white um, in that condition. And I'm so glad I did because now I can always remember that experience and my strength. Um, and interesting, um, I chose to take seven months off. Thank God I was in the financial position to do so because I knew that my main job was health and wellness, even though it was really hard to let go of all the speaking engagements I had booked and all the trainings that I had to, I had to replace myself which actually is a good lesson too. We are all replaceable. We're all going to die. It's okay. Right. So let's, uh, let's have a team of people who can back us up. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was able to do what I needed to do um, and really focus on myself and my health and, and let the community support me. That was another key thing I did was um, to be in the receiving position and to allow people to help me 
because it feels good to help someone. Remember that people. Always, always. always. So yeah, so I try to remember that. And the last thing I remembered, uh, I promised myself I would remember, I'm pretty good at it, is just medical vigilance. Um, I just had a bone density scan on Monday. Uh, absolute yes, every year on a 3D mammogram. I go in twice a year for uh, for my OBGYN oncology exams and you just have to be vigilant. Um, and so I feel like that, even though it costs, obviously it costs money, it's a good investment in my future, <laughs> in my future. So absolutely. So, so it's your, also your mom's birthday. You're going to both celebrate tonight. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm going to see her this weekend. She lives a, a state away from me. She did send me a message saying that, that my uh, surviving cancer is the best birthday gift she ever had, which I thought was oh, very fantastic. Sweet. Yeah. She that. did promise me during that time, she was begging me to do chemotherapy because I was going to go the alternative route. And she told me she would become a vegetarian if I did it. <laughs> I factored that in my decision and she lied. <laughs> so she lied. She <laughs> lied, but I'm okay with that. It's still, it was for lying for good cause, I guess. Wow. <laughs> She's a meat eater, that girl. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Oh, thank um, you. I'm so I'm so happy for you. That's a great thing to celebrate. Um, you know, and, and you took time off. It must have been really tough, you know, to getting back to that too. I know I'm trying to wrap up, but I have a yeah. thousand questions. Um, you know, did you did you uh, falter coming back when you went decided to go back? Uh well, actually, what hit me by surprise was depression. Uh, no one told oh, me wow. post you're doing all this proactive action and then you're done. And I don't know if it was coming off the, the medication, the chemicals, I fell into a, a two or three month depression. And I actually, I, I, I didn't, I was afraid of it and I allowed myself to suffer longer than I needed to. And I didn't do, I didn't seek a medication in hindsight, I wish I had, because I think those things need to be managed before they become a slippery slope of no return. So it took me about three months to get back on the horse, as I, I called it then. Um, but now I have a much more appreciation for the, the, the powerful impact of depression. And in fact, one of the stories I'm writing about in my book, Fearless Female Leaders, as a woman who fearlessly uh, was fearless in the face of depression. And I think talking about that and recognizing it, it again, is not a stigma. It's not a shame. It is so real. And so many people experience it, including me yeah. at least twice in my life. Um, and we need help to manage through that and get the mental health that we need to thrive. You so know, I had a, I had a friend say to me um, last weekend, she said, you know, one of her friends, um, you know, had to cancel a trip. Uh, because of depression. And she said, I just don't understand it. I've never had it. I don't understand it. And sorry, my dogs are going a little crazy right now. If you can hear that. Uh, I don't understand it. And, and, you know, I can relate because I do get depression. So I was able to explain it to her. But for those that don't really understand mm -hmm. it, um, it can be debilitating. Uh, but you can stay on top of it. And it's, you know, you can mm -hmm. stay afloat and you can really manage it and, you know, live a fulfilling life. Yeah, so absolutely awesome well thank you so much for being here i know thank i kept you. wrapping up i still have a thousand questions but uh thank you kathy where can people find you 
You can find me on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com forward slash whatever it is, Kathy McAfee. I also have uh, the website, thefearlessleader.com and my, uh, my other website, which is americasmarketingmotivator.com, a bit longer. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to shift everything to uh, uh, the Fearless Leader going forward. I'm launching a, uh, kicking off a website development program tomorrow project. So watch Fantastic. So new book, new website, and a sharply focused new brand come in 2024. Congratulations. Thank you. I love it. We'll put all the information in your bio. So thank you for thank being you. here. It's been a thank great you. pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.